Welcome to Updated Autopsy Report, a podcast from Yotsuben and Friends, where we replay the entire Ace Attorney series with longtime fans and newcomers. I'm your host, Ben, and with me today is Desi. Hello. And two good friends of ours, Tiago. Yeah. And Rose. Hi. Desi and I are the longtime fans, and Rose and Tiago are the newcomers. We hope that through both of our perspectives as we play through the series, it will reveal new details and provide interesting commentary for a series near and dear to us. Today, we have all played chapters 8, 9, and the epilogue of Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. I would also like to apologize in advance uh, that Desi and I are just getting over a cold, so if you hear any coughs or sniffles, or if my voice sounds different than usual, that's why. Let's get into the summary. Yeah. As the final witch trial begins, Phoenix and Maya, who's now in a goofy knight costume to hide her identity because remember, she's supposed to be dead, do their best to wring as much testimony out of Aspella. Unfortunately, she continues to insist she is the great witch Bazella, and before they can insist upon more time to investigate, the vigilantes step in and demand to testify. All ten vigilantes testify at once, creating a cacophony of crisscrossing quotes. After using their testimony to establish that someone could have been hiding in the belfry, Phoenix and Maya then use the newly discovered second pendant to activate the tower's secret mechanism. Accessing the belfry, they find none other than Kira still hiding there. Meanwhile, Leighton confronts the very much alive storyteller in his tower after finding Aspella's childhood bedroom, storybook, and a picture of young Aspella and her best friend at the time, who looks very much like a young Darklaw. Leighton fights some suits of armor and yells at the storyteller, informing him that Aspella is being tried as a witch at this very moment. This is news to the storyteller. Back in court, we have, well, let's be honest, many twists and turns, with Kira, Darklaw, proving who was where in the belfry, who used an invisible cloak, who went up the steps, who didn't. But once you try to put Darklaw on the stand, since she's very suspicious, she says she can't because she's the Inquisitor on duty. Luckily, Leighton shows up just then and says, well, I'd love to be the Inquisitor in your stead. Everyone agrees to this. After much back and forth, we drag the truth out of Darklaw and the first big secret of Labyrinthia. Magic is not real. She is the Great Witch and commands the Shades, who wear invisible cloaks and set up contraptions to make all the supposed magic happen at the exact moment it needs to. We shatter everyone's conceptions of reality in this town, and then Leighton calls the storyteller to the stand. From his testimony, we get the second big secret of Labyrinthia. The storyteller is actually Arthur Cantabella, president of Labrellum Inc., a massive pharmaceutical company that is famous for its anesthetic. Arthur and his childhood friend, Newton Belduke, yep, that guy again, grew up in this town and discovered that the groundwater here contained a unique stub- substance that caused people to fall unconscious when they heard the sound of pure silver being struck. This highly specific substance was also absorbed by the plants and wildflowers, which then produced a new substance that induced a state of hypnosis and high suggestibility in people. This was synthesized into the ink of the stories that were passed out at the parades, thus convincing everyone that the storyteller's tales were real and making them accomplishes, accomplices in completing the story. Additionally, the reason the town burned down in the legendary fire was because six-year-old Aspella 
rang the giant silver bell of ruin, causing everyone to fall unconscious during a bonfire and the fires to spread across the town. She was a child, and the insane fairy tale story that her dad told her about the witch Bazella imprinted on her mind, making her go catatonic. So he did what any reasonable dad would do create an entire artificial fantasy town funded by the British government with mind-controlled subjects acting like medieval peasants that think magic exists using the pharmaceutical compounds that he and his childhood, childhood friend discovered. It's this so normal. Is, it's, yep. This is why Bell Duke committed suicide. He was racked with guilt over manipulating a town and putting them through this bizarre Renfear experience. Also, it's revealed that Bell Duke is Darklaw's dad. Then we realize that Espella's traumatic memories don't line up, meaning that her childhood best friend Eve, a.k.a. Darklaw, must have actually been the one who rung the bell. Despite this, Espella runs to the top of the belfry and attempts to throw herself off. Darklaw catches her at the last second, but the two still plummet towards the ground until they're magically caught in midair. Despite seeming to hover, they're actually being grabbed by an invisible mechanical crane piloted by none other than forklift-certified Luke. (laughs) Another big secret of Labyrinthia is revealed here. Every single habitant was given the hypnotic command to not see anything that was pure black. As such, every single crane and mechanical device used to make the magic happen was painted with the in-universe equivalent of Vanta Black. Convenient. Espella and Eve slash Darklaw make up, with Darklaw apologizing for helping with the secret 10-year medieval town and then trying to ruin it because she resented the storyteller for pushing her dad towards suicide. Then, the storyteller apologizes to Ella Espella for, you know, everything. He then reveals that he's dying from an incurable illness. He then reveals that he's not dying from an incurable illness because they just discovered the cure last week or something. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't bring it up. Bring it up. Just say you're going anyway, to surgery. <laughs> anyway, everyone's happy, and they go home. Also, Barnum is here, and he's piloting the boat. Pilot, eat the he remembered. He remembered how to drive a car. Yeah, he got all his memories back, and he's like, "I used to be a, a, a seaman. <laughs> you know, I used to fucking... drive boats, a and, seafarer. I used to, so... I used to wear my polo shirt with my <laughs> collar popped." <laughs> Because of course he did. It's so funny. (laughs) All right. Holy fucking shit. So the end of the game has so many fucking twists and turns. And like, it all kind of comes together, which is kind of insane. Uh, There's an explanation for everything. So let's like, we need like a shorter recap of like the main thing. All right. I wish I could. I wish I could. (laughs) I tried to condense this. The whole time I was doing it, I was like, he's not going to be able to do it. No, it's not it's fucking not, fair, It's guys. not possible. We were, okay. Let's, Mission impossible. Let's talk about what we were right about. Sure. Uh, the ahead, Truman Show. The Truman Show. Yeah. We so, you, were absolutely, you were absolutely right about we the Truman so Show. We were so correct. Um, I was wrong that Espella was actually Bell Duke's daughter. Someone yeah, was. I, um, someone was. But true. Eve was kind of also Darklaw, or Darklaw was Eve. Sort of. Kind of. Kind Eve of. was sort of the cat. Darklaw is Eve, but Eve is, Eve, Eve is the just cat, a cat is not Darklaw. Yeah. That's in in the fuck. physical sense. So like, alright. We gotta like 
the history of Labyrinthia is so fucking confusing, but this is the exact kind of lateness shit that would happen. So, there is a mineral, there's some kind of substance in the ground that causes people who uh, drink it to become highly susceptible to suggestion. And then, another condition of this substance is that if they hear the sound of pure silver, they fall unconscious immediately. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this substance, absorbed through plants, can be used to make a um, some kind of potion that very, like, makes a person susceptible to suggestion. Now, here's my thought process during all of this. This is not a good environment to raise children. You cannot bring them to a location where the, dr- the water they are drinking is poisoning their mind. Maybe all yeah. of this would have been avoided if, I don't know, you hired a nursery and you went out of here. Don't bring your fucking kids to this town. It's I mean, cursed yeah. as hell. They mentioned that if you don't drink the water for like a day or so, it's out of your system and then it doesn't affect you anymore. Yes. So it is It is very uh, temporary the 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 chemical as it's in your system but it's so um, easy but, to create traumatic memories when you're suggestible to suggestion yeah and um they say that everybody who's here has signed a contract there is no contract so it was consensual there is no contract that you can make that is <laughs> morally okay with what you're doing Legally? here there's no now i know this is Britain, although we never confirm where exactly this lab is located. It's, it's just Ireland. on the private property of the company. Ireland is just like that. I t- cannot. <laughs> I mean, sorry. actually, you know what? Never mind. Now it makes sense. The British government would do that. The British it Ireland. Is in Ireland. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the British government would annex property out of Ireland to fucking yeah, use for geez, evil It would be crazy <laughs> if they did that. <laughs> I'm looking so like, at you. <laughs> um, we're all looking at each other. We're all. I'm looking at the British government. Um, I'm looking at Ireland. God, I wish. Uh, anyways, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Contracts signed by minors also, are not legally binding. There's children yeah, there's, here. There's children in this village. The children were uh, born here. Wait, no. were they oh, that's born a good... here? Did they sign? How did they get in here? That's brushed over. What? Um. Ben, what was that show that you recommended that I watched called, like, Severed or something like that? Severance? Severance, yeah. The one where, like, uh, when people go underground, their brain turns off, and then, like, an alternate personality comes up, and then that is their, like, severed personality. Um, yeah, it's like their brain's divided in half. A work half and a so, like, rest of their life half. We have to assume that if you are living in this medieval fantasy town, and you raise a child, like, you get married, have, fall in love, get married, have a child. That child is a production of a evil of an evil government conspiracy, and then you like wake up, right? Like you're like, oh, by the way, I'm actually like a banker, and uh, now I have a son. <laughs> like I have this child who was born in a world without technology. What can you imagine? What a speller's fucking education was like? I can't. Like, does yeah. she know about like fucking sulfuric acid? <laughs> I, I mean, this town's been going on for about 10 years, roughly. Um, anyway, the, this entire- the, a huge accident occurred in which that, like, Belduke and the storyteller did not know that the silver condition existed. They right. excavated a silver bell from an ancient civilization that you know thought that, that silver was evil. The cursed bell that they- that ancient civilization left all those notes, it was like, 
don't fucking touch this bell. They couldn't don't read it though. The they didn't know. Yeah, they, they were like, we couldn't read it at the time, so we thought it was just pretty. We were like, ancient Let's put it civilization. In the tower. Why didn't you do like literally anything else? You could have melted it. You could have. <laughs> Like, this is not a place of honor. <laughs> Nothing yeah, that is respected. Yeah, yeah. They made like a sick <laughs> ass temple spell. with fun puzzles to solve instead of like. If you're ringing it, you're opening yourself to being invaded. Yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. <Right>. Literally <laughs> that true. That is kind of what Espella thinks happened for for Espella. Don't tell Espella. your children like weird fucked up fairy tales. They might believe some of them. Yeah. Like, this is like, like Elf on the Shelf syndrome or whatever. <laughs> this is this is Alpha the Shelf syndrome brought Which, to like the millionth yeah. degree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Like your um, children become terrified of a stuffed doll and believe that it's constantly watching them and judging their sins. So this town also just happens to have a fire festival that where they worship fire to ward off the evil witch that doesn't exist. Everybody loves um, a fire festival. We all love a fire festival, except for that one. Except for that one. Um, the one where like. Espella and Eve, Eve Darklaw. We gotta like separate like Eve Cat and there's Eve Darklaw, right? We can Eve... just keep calling her Darklaw. Eve, Eve, Eve Belduke is her. Eve, you know, Belduke. Yeah, Eve Belduke. Yeah, yeah uh, whatever, Darklaw, whatever makes it easier. Darklaw, childhood friend of Espella, and they both have like dependent to allow them to unlock the evil uh, lament configuration to go up to the bell tower. Espella mm-hmm. goes, I we snuck up here to ring the bell during the fire festival because I think it'd make a pretty sound. However, I'm scared now because my daddy told me that if I rung it, an evil witch would possess me. So I don't want to do it no more. And then Darklaw, who's like two years older, is like, that's stupid. The fairy tales don't exist. I'm going to ring this fucking bell. And then she does. Everyone falls unconscious during a very lit bonfire festival. The entire city burns and Espella develops... Espella and Darklaw develop very traumatic memories. PTSD. They, both really... of their mothers are in the town and die, which is impli- th- yeah. that they kill their own mothers yeah. in this fire. I don't address implied, that. But never explicitly stated, right? Yeah. This is somehow the darkest thing that I can recall from like both Layton and Phoenix, right? This really fucked that, me up, actually. But Espella <laughs> attempts to kill herself on screen and is yes. only stopped by... Uh, camouflage outfit yeah and like oh my fucking god i I, like we have to investigate we have to like make so oh we we have to like talk about like so that's like that happened 10 years ago and then we have to discuss the fucking infidence with a storyteller the 10 vigilantes let's just bring it up real quick one of them is really fucking hot and then (laughs) (laughs) i knew that was coming and one of them the balloon guy I love that guy. One of them's Wardsmith, who's really funny. Three of the ten vigilantes exist just to worship the one odd vigilante. There's my favorite vigilante, Shaky, who is, like, mm-hmm. on the verge of breaking every bone on his body. I know what that feels like. We have to establish that, like, Espella did go up the tower, but it turned out they were carried by Darklaw because she had the invisibility cloak. The invisibility cloak also had Kira on it. Kira was like, I was attacked in the bell tower. Because Darklaw's ulterior motive was to sabotage the storyteller's ending because he wanted to die peacefully into the night. And he goes, hmm, I think I'll just have my own stage death in Labyrinthia. Because it has to be real to my daughter who's going to be in a coma if this isn't real. So his original plot was that Kira was going to go up, become Bazella, kill the storyteller, yada yada, we're all free. Darklaw says, my dad committed suicide three months ago. That's your fault, storyteller. I hate you. 
I'm gonna fuck up your story. Your daughter. She's the right. She's, she's right. She's right, but like, Espella is sort of like a, a side victim in this. Yeah, Like, definitely. she was like, I'm gonna get revenge against Espella, the girl who will go catatonic if we reveal to her the true nature of the world. I'm, so, I'm gonna like kill your daughter to get revenge. Like, bad, bad plan. I will mind wipe your daughter. Yeah. Fuck you. Uh, I will do this by slowly making it so that she is Bazella. She'll take the role of Bazella. And then uh, I'll have her be killed in the final witch trial. Nice job, idiot. Uh, uh, except no one really died. All the witches are fine. No, There's no witches, yada yada. Uh, all the witches who died became shades, and the shades are just the stagehand of the world. Yeah. Because uh, we need I'm, people to create evil Everybody say evil thanks mechanisms. to the, the crew. Everyone, to the crew. Like, all the shades come out, they do a bow, they're the most important people. <laughs> uh, One of them, like, vacuuming the stage before the show, and everyone starts screaming and cheering. Just, I you know, little tech crew things. Um, here, like, the town's very acceptable of the fact that, like, yeah, we've been hypnotized, yada yada. I mean, it's, it's the storyteller saying it's true, so it must be true. Because they have to believe him, because they're still hypnotized. They're still hypnotized. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, everybody who's not there at the court case, then, somebody has to go over to them and be like, okay, so you missed some important revelations <laughs> oh, no, you won't fucking believe what just happened uh, so our lives are a lie let me tell you about back the, to the baker <laughs> yeah exactly patty's like what's a car oh my god <laughs> look at bart oh. figures out what a car is so fast i knew he it's he's like a because like the story Barnum is looks like, like he knows what cell phones is yeah he True. does <laughs> So, like, obviously he didn't know he was being Truman Showed, because he was just too fucking stupid. But, um... Like, you mean drugged? Yeah, I think he's also stupid. Oh, okay. I've taken a stand. He's a Final Fantasy, so... Yeah. Or, what the fuck is it? Fire Emblem. The Fire Emblem. Fire I keep backwards. Um, like, everyone who supposedly signed these contracts, which, again, oh, the British government is telling me that this, I'm not sure I believe it. There's um, an evil government conspiracy in which they funded a medicinals company's uh, research to develop up. really just straight up mind control. Yeah, mind and, control drugs. But the evil company's <laughs> Sorry, goal the CIA. Is just, um, the evil company's goal is to just fix their catatonic daughter. But yeah, continue. Rose. So like all these people had like lives that they were unhappy with and regret in their past lives. Like what happened to these poor puppets? What happened to Barnum? Why is he like this? Uh, Barnum, uh... My my, my guess is Disgraced Olympian. Disgraced Olympian dad. Because of the, too. Shot, he got the shot put, like, pose. He got caught with weed, and he got <laughs> no! kicked off the Olympus. <laughs> so now he has... Like, fuck Olympus would be smoking weed all the fucking time. I don't know what you're talking about. I, got, I gotta put down... I have a stress point in my hand right now, and it just made a noise on the recording. I gotta put it down. Um... I was, this this case made me so fucking stressed. <laughs> oh, buddy. So I didn't... I thought that we were only doing two parts. I totally, for some reason, couldn't read epilogue. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm in part nine. Time to and take a went, break. And uh... everyone was like, so Rose, there's three parts. And I was like, oh, no. Well, it's an epilogue. No. How long could it take? It's two epilogues. It was the... It was... Chapter ten. It was not an epilogue. That's not what I don't know why they works. call it an epilogue. Yeah, it's it's baffling to me that this is called an epilogue when this is clearly not, chapter ten. Not an epilogue. 
It's not a fucking epilogue. Oh my god. I guess, like, our assumption that we're, like, some sort of weird, like, British, uh, mind-controlled sleep drug substance was spread throughout the town wasn't entirely wrong. We, we, we clocked the potions, we clocked the modified memory... We clocked the we Truman clocked Show. The, that was easy, though. I don't. We clocked the Truman Show. That was easy. Uh, I can't believe Estella, Luke just I drove did make that it. forklift. <laughs> How can Luke we, see the forklift right. to drive it? Okay, so we got to... Don't so worry we gotta, about it. Let's take it back a little bit. Um, we have to interrogate Tarkalov, but we can't do that without an Inquisitor. Right. Layton, after having his confrontation with Storyteller, goes, I will be the Inquisitor, because I will prove that Estella is Bazella. But he didn't prove that. He proved the opposite, in fact. But whatever. I think he just um, I think he just said that to get on the sand for real. He's you think Layton would lie? Yeah. Okay. Good point. <laughs> There's a woman on trial who's actually going to be burned this time and not fake burned, and he thinks it would be funny if he just pretended to be a prosecutor instead of just telling everybody the truth. <laughs> did we think that she was gonna be real burned? Like I don't think so. I did. I feel they like had they... a fucking fire back there. They were going. She's the last witch. They were literally going to burn the- her. There was. There's literally like. There's probably twenty shades like around the corner to wi- to replace her with like a fucking stuffed doll. I don't know. <laughs> there's I, no like... hole to drop her into this time. No secret hole. Well, yeah, but like that doesn't mean the crane can't... would have just yanked her off screen real fast. What would have? Ha- yeah, exactly. The crane would have yanked her off. No, no, off no. Screen. a cane would have came off screen. <laughs> Yeah, and pulled her crap. away at the last second. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, uh, we interrogate Dark Lot. Here's here's the fucking funniest thing that I realize about this is that Layton appears on screen and he's not with Luke, and I'm like, where the fuck is Luke this entire time? We go yeah. through like three hours of court cases with no Luke. I really no missed Luke. him very, very much. With it no a, Luke, conspicuous I'm a, I'm a Luke absence. Fan now. Was he He's, practicing using the crane the he whole was, time? He was straight up manual. reading the manual. While you were <laughs> while you were arguing at court, he was practicing the blade. We give nope. we give Luke an instruction manual to pilot a Gundam, and he's good in like a couple now, hours. Now, yeah. Luke, my that's boy, that's how a gentleman would. would you do must it. take yeah. this manual while I go solve the mystery of the town. You must learn how to operate a crane. Yeah, professor, I don't know. That seems really tough. And he's like, "Now, look, um, it's all resting on your shoulders." All gentlemen are forklift certified. All gentlemen know, can learn operate machinery in four hours. Mm-hmm. If you do not do this, people will die. Luke, you gotta do it. I mean, Luke's been, you know, Luke gotten that fucking Iron Maiden to like solve this puzzle. Like he's committed. He's good to go. Yeah. Uh yeah no I love Luke Luke I'm Rose I'm glad you're a Luke fan Luke is so cool I like him very much I like original trilogy Luke prequel Luke he's just like kind of a snotty little kid and I'm just like all right whatever no this is the right mix of Luke yeah this is the right mix you got the right percentages um like I just can't believe that every every decision made by the storyteller makes a spell's condition worse and worse. And the first decision he should have just... made after seeing that his his daughter went catatonic was, I will now hire a child psychiatrist. Yeah, like hospital, like therapy, <laughs> like yeah. Diago and I live in the, in the greater Boston area. We are like... near the gr- best children's hospital in the country. Like, come on down to yeah. Boston. <laughs> if your child gets traumatized after drinking susceptible water and thinks that a fire dragon burned down a village. 
with a witch. Come on down to Boston. Yeah, and we'll heal you. Boston and her Children's. Fault. And it's her up. fault. Um, lack. There's not a lot of puzzles in this park. Well, no, there's that whole segment where like there's three puzzles in a row because you're late and you have to go up an elevator, and then those are the last like puzzles. That was so annoying. I I, I solved that shit. I solved that shit real quick. Uh, I guess Death. I guess Death thought it was annoying. No, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> uh, the sixty-ninth puzzle was a dumb little memory game that I was awesome at. That was I sarcasm. Actually, yeah, I was not I, awesome at it. I was not good at that one. That one was tough because, like, no matter how many hints you use, it doesn't make it easier. No, um, I was I was mainlining hint coins through this entire. Thing. I find them really obnoxious to use in the court case. Actually, really, it was it would like be like okay, press here. Or whatever, but like, it wouldn't help me very much because I was like, well, obviously I'm pressing every statement, and then there was somewhere it was like, all right, so you pressed every statement, and now something has changed, so now you have to go back and press every statement again, and like, yeah, now, go back now and figure it out, dumbass. And now you have to look at the cat, and I was like, what the fuck? I, but I figured it out eventually. The hint coin system was very good for those moments where you had to pick out specific evidence. And oh, like, yes. There was definitely some moments where it was like, yeah, why, I, I, why is this the piece of evidence I have to present? I don't know. Hopefully Phoenix will explain. And he didn't sometimes. There's, there's always <laughs> moments where it's like, Phoenix goes, we have just the right evidence. And us as the player goes, we do? We yeah. do not. We do, Oh, we're presenting the footprints drawing for the fourth time in a row. Uh, yeah. We're yeah. wearing kind yeah. of thin yeah. on this piece of evidence. We're the, extrapolating a lot. The first half of this witch trial is establishing what exactly happened in the bell tower, and that can be easily explained by Darklaw brought um, Kira went up there to complete her task to become Bazella. Darklaw kind of sabotaged this whole thing, knocked out a spell her, brought her up there, knocked out Kira, put Kira in the top floor of the bell tower, and then like, propped the spell up to be Bazella, and then Darklaw left. That's, like, the whole thing. She just switched out the actor for who Bazella was supposed to be. Um, for her grand scheme, of course, of getting revenge on the storyteller, who, like, straight up, right. I don't think is a good person. I think the storyteller should be punishable by law. Yeah, he um, should, he should go to he should... prison. <laughs> I'm <laughs> fucking suffer serious. Some consequences. I'm uh, sure these are a lot of international and laws that are being broke. I don't know as much about British law, but, like, buddy? He created The government, government... said it was okay, so he can't. They yeah, he can't, created a they... government program. His subordinates kidnapped a, a couple of American lawyers and well, <laughs> subjected to be fair, them it was... to experiment. <laughs> it was one subordinate, and it was Dark Law. She was doing it in her revenge scheme. Uh, in b- so... prison for both of them. Guilty by proxy. Guilty by proxy. She's just like, oops, this was kind of an accident. You guys opened up this book and knocked yourselves out, so now... So I'm like, I had to bring you... So that's why well, they had I implanted memories. And, uh, yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Luke did not. That's why Leighton and Luke got the cool, like, Skyrim opening where they're in a wagon, and then Phoenix, <laughs> yeah. Wright, and Meyer were just Because it was all Baker. planned for that. Yeah. Yeah. Skyrim. They couldn't was... do the wagon opening twice. <laughs> like, they could It would be so <laughs> funny if you did, though. That'd be really funny if they just went in on the same wagon. Oh my god. Um, so like, oh my god, crossing the border. The first half, we had to like interrogate the vigilantes because they're the ones who like guarded the tower. And like, yeah, there's one really hot one who's like in the BDSM, and like everyone's just like, "Is this happening? Is this for real? Why are these vigilantes like this?" 
There's I, the one I, with the incredibly long name. Nobody wanted to deal name. with it. <laughs> well, listen, I, not, not everyone, nobody wanted to deal with it. I don't know about that statement, Rose. The There's, puppets didn't run... seem too interested, except for the it's... puppets that were really interested. I want to ask you a question. We could not see her face. Do you think she's a Muppet, or do you think she's a Fire Emblem? Oh, I think that's a Muppet under there. You think there's a Muppet I under there? I think there's a Muppet under there. We got what? ourselves a sexy Muppet, folks. Yeah. World's sexiest Muppet. Just um, that one Muppet, the the hot girl in... Um... Miss Peggy. Uh, okay, there's multiple hot Muppets, yes. <laughs> the, in, um, in the band. With Doctor T oh. and the Electric Mayhem, <laughs> that's what that's what the oh. that's what she looks oh. like. She does kind of sure, look sure. like her, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> gotta move on. Um, there's. Would you like me to drop a a a, a trivia bomb on you? Oh my yeah. god, yeah. Her name is Janice. <laughs> so so much. Thank you, Janice from the Electric Teeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Electric Teeth. Wait, what's uh, her name? Janice, Janice, the hot Muppet from the band. Janice, okay. Um. So. Uh. Arthur Cantabella is the president of Labrellum Inc. Uh, would anybody like to guess what this is a reference to? Is this not umbrella a reference to like... Acad- umbre- yep, <laughs> not Umbrella, umbrella Academy. Umbrella, um, umbrella Corporation. Corporation. We gotta stop naming yeah. things after umbrellas, because now I'm getting mixed up in my sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. Is Labrellum an anagram for Umbrella? Exactly. It is exactly oh that. My this God. is absolutely what the Umbrella Corporation would have done. They're Wesker just... is off screen. Wesker would have like, absolutely I... done that. <laughs> Wesker's yeah. main, like, we gotta have all of our employees mainline the fucking the, pla- the flowers. Wesker I mean, and <laughs> Professor Layton's super sword fight. Uh, Dude, oh my God. <laughs> Imagine With, Layton like, a gets. Luke comically running around in the background. <laughs> Dude, imagine. Professor Layton goes, now look, a true gentleman knows us never do drugs, but there are exceptions, and then he mainlines the T-Virus <laughs> to go fight Wesker. <laughs> Luke's like, I don't know, Professor, this one, this is, there's like, every puzzle has a solution while he's like, this fighting. No, <laughs> and sometimes, my boy, the solution is violence. <laughs> he literally did choose Redacted. violence here. Luke's just gonna talk to all the zombie dogs and get them to like play nice. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, I would actually fucking kill for Professor Layton versus Albert Wesker. That's <laughs> what that I'm saying. A, that's actually a sick video game series. Imagine the trauma Luke would have as like Chris Redfield busts out a door, shoots two zombies in the head, and Luke's like, ah, "What's the puzzle what here? What kind of puzzle is <laughs> oh, this?" No. Actually, you know what? I think maybe Resident Evil characters would need Luke and Lighten's help because there's some dog shit puzzles in those games. Exactly. Also, uh, in the trilogy, oh my god, I forget her fucking name. There's another sidekick that uh, Layton has who's like a girl who knows Kung Fu and she like fights people. And she Her whole thing is like, Layton, I understand that puzzles and like pacifism is the solution for all this, but also this guy needs to be kicked in the head. And then she kicks him in the head. And Layton's like, hmm, that's a little too dangerous for my taste, but I see your point. I guess he learns something <laughs> from her, because he does, like... I guess he's just fighting, like, robots, right? Like, he knows he's they're robots. He's a good fencer. He's a really good... Luke picks up, like, he... a whole, like, broadsword and throws it to him in a a delightful anime cutscene. I can't think of a single person Layton is directly responsible for killing. His KD ratio is not high. Yeah. But he's very good with a sword. 
I he's like very him. good with a sword. Le- Luke's KD ratio also low. Just gotta bring that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I am so hungry for Professor Layton versus Albert Wesker. That'd be such a good fucking uh, game. I'm glad we've come up with a cool <laughs> idea. Dude, that imagine Muppet been... Zombies. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. uh, Tiago like... and I have become deranged by the revelations at the end of this game. <laughs> yep. We are I... writing our own game. Alright, so like, fucking Arthur Cancibella. Daughter Arthur? Arthur? Arthur, Arthur Cantabella, criminal. daughter gets catatonically traumatized. Instead of hiring a psychiatrist, he makes another story up, the thing that did traumatize her. And he, he simply just says, I will re-traumatize her back. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> reinforce these incorrect If you traumatize beliefs. her again, it cancels out. <laughs> yeah! That's literally oh, what he just did. <laughs> yeah. What a good father. I... <laughs> I... So, like, Bell Duke's Newton Bell Duke's like motive in all this is to protect his own daughter because he realizes pretty early that like Dark Law is the one that rung the bell, and so he goes like, if she learns the truth, I can't. I don't want her to get into a catatonic state. So why don't we just like double down on his theory? Let's trick help- both of our daughters. <laughs> Let's trick both of our daughters. Except Newton feels Equal really bad about it. So like Newton confirmed death was not planned by the yeah. story. I tell uh, t- if you drink poison in the Truman Show like soundstage, you, you die. Yeah, you still die. I really thought he was gonna be like outside sipping some coffee, but my man actually died. They buried him. Holy shit! You imagine being buried in Labyrinthia? Like they just fucking dig a hole and it's like, oh, there's some kind of steel pipe here that's well, that means he dies with his research, I guess. Oh, oh true. Uh, oh, true. Uh, moves on. <laughs> Listen, he died with his fucking research mate to save his best friend. His daughter is saved. Like, the only... Wait, so have, have there been, like, natural deaths in Labyrinthia? It was over the span it, of ten years, so yeah, there has to possible. Been. So, like, imagine yeah, dying probably. and you're like... You fucking die and you, like, have a flashback of your life well, before you die and you're like, Wait, what the fuck was that? Was that a phone? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh shit! Just, exactly, just like <laughs> having flashbacks of your life pre your hypnotism, which like my Nintendo. Also, I haven't fed them. Video <laughs> <laughs> pets are dying. No. I really liked that. Uh, I mean, kind of liked in quotes here when um, Dark Law has her memories like start to flash back to her. Of yeah, she the bell. has like a visual effect. Yeah, and also she says. What are these flashbacks? It's like nobody re- refers to their actual memories as flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. When I'm having a memory. Oh no, a flashback. <laughs> Me trying to remember my favorite McDonald's order. Oh my god, flashback. <laughs> uh, I just like God, so many bad decisions made so quickly. That's the part that like really fucking gets me. That's what that, happens like, when you panic. I also wanted to ask here, um, something to kind of set up a little bit. A, uh, like briefly, just in case anybody hasn't played this, you know, and is just listening to us talk about it. When you're doing all the vigilantes, there's 10 people all across there. So it's more just like picking out the needle in the haystack. Yeah. Then later, when Dark Law is on the stand, you have both Phoenix and Leighton on either side of the court. And when Leighton has to present an item, 
you switch over to Leighton's perspective and you get his menu of evidence. It's separate from Phoenix's evidence. Yeah. And you get your own unique you menu. you can only look have... at it then. <laughs> yes, you can only look at it then. So you kind of have to, It's it definitely feels a little bit like a, a, a half measure. Um, but I wanted to ask here, has, did anybody present the wrong evidence when they were choosing as Leighton? No, I had I had like two HP left, so if I yeah, did, I had I to get schmoovin. I got hurt That's a couple right. times by uh, misguessing or misclicking. If you present the wrong evidence as Leighton, uh, Phoenix gets delighted. <laughs> he's he's like so happy. He's like, so oh cute. my goodness. He's like, this never happens to me. He's like, I'm so happy. <laughs> Maya's like, why are you looking so smug like right now? He's like, well, I never get to be on this end of things. I never get to be the one who goes like, ooh, you got it wrong. Try again, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, nobody he... ever lets me do this. That's yep, a wild exactly. fucking catharsis. I also That's forgot so that, like. That's good for him. There's several moments where my several Maya moments where she's like, I'm gonna do something wildly violent, and Lane's response is always, I'll pretend I did not hear that. Yeah, Maya's then, like, <laughs> let's burn the town down and test it, and Lane's just like, Nope. <laughs> no, no, I don't think we will. I didn't hear that. And we have to find uh like a spell I remember is the giant fire dragon, but it turns out to be the fucking like iron gate barn not an iron gate, like an iron It's a fence thing. The fence It's like a guardrail. A guardrail, thank you. There's like a guardrail in the bell tower that has a fire dragon design in it. Who the fuck designed this? What, what? I don't know, but that's sick as hell. Good for them. It traumatized somebody. I mean, <laughs> you don't make art thinking it's gonna traumatize somebody intentionally, unless I mean, that's literally you, what you're you going do. into do. Unless you do, Berserk. unless people literally do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. God. A- Luke like wake up. up I think I'll traumatize somebody today. Luke's like, can I read Berserk today, Professor Layton? He goes, No, my boy. No. May read. <laughs> Luke is not old enough to read Berserk. What you would mean... he recommend Luke read, Tiago? Uh Detective Conan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's yeah. A, okay. That's good. Yep. Instant. Instant correct answer. <laughs> I was so right. I've thought about this. Oh. Very good. Got it in one. There speaking of those kind of like dialogue bits, uh, there is uh an interview with Four Gamer and Takumi which again has been translated by Yakuten Saiban Library. And uh, Takumi is talking about some of the writing that he did for the game. Four Gamer says, oh yeah, you've got lots of parts where when the player fails, you know, you have unique dialogue for it. And Takumi says, I think it's important that even if you fail, it should be fun. So the player feels like trying again. There are also lines for when Leighton fails. So go ahead and fail with him. And then Four Gamer asks, did you write those lines for Professor Leighton? And Takumi says, yes, but Leighton is the mascot figure of level five and he has lots of fans. So I wrote his lines responsibly, but I think Leighton is a really interesting character. Mr. Hino told me about the image he had of the character at the start of the game. So I made sure not to stray from that, but I did have some fun with him. I showed all sides of him without Mr. Hino noticing. <laughs> and then God. he laughs. <laughs> I, I snuck laugh. some, some uh, extra personality some into in Leighton. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about, like... When you Chile- sneak a story into a Mario game. I think him and Maya were very funny together, because Maya would say deranged things, and he would just be like, okay, <laughs> like... I love... Dot, 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 Luke dot, dot, never dot. Does, says... His bullshit. Yeah, Luke never center. says, let's burn the town down. Luke is such a good boy. How come Maya's not a good girl? And then Phoenix is like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Maya's like, like, I love burgers! <laughs> I love Bert. I'm also like an adult woman at this point. 
<laughs> like, I fucking me, pay taxes. Well, fuck, me too. I want burgers. <laughs> True. They bring out the best in each other. Luke brings out the gentleman, and Professor Layton, and Maya brings out the unhinged freak inside Phoenix. True. Good for them. They, yeah. Uh, they ask also Takumi, like, what, where does this game take place in the timeline? And he basically says, don't worry about it. Whenever you want, man. <laughs> Perfect, actually. Don't worry about it. And they also then say, so I assume that the reason uh, Maya doesn't channel spirits despite being in the game is because it doesn't fit with magic. Takumi, yes, if the two would both exist, the framework would break down. If it threatens the player's enjoyment of the game, if it confuses them. Fans of Professor Layton who don't know uh, Ace Attorney might think, why is that girl dressed like that, though? Now that you mention it, it wasn't even explained that she is wearing those clothes because she's a spirit medium. Takumi. People who are curious about that can all play the DS games. Oh, uh, hell so yeah. yeah. Try out some of the older Ace Attorneys. <laughs> That's a really good response. If you're like, curious you about this weird girl, go hang out. <laughs> go hang out. I love the line that Phoenix, like, Professor Layton looked directly at the screen. My magic does not exist. And, like, meanwhile, Maya's like, huh, what? <laughs> what? I think Maya, like, was just like, well, I guess it would be awkward if I did anything now. So I'll just sort of... Like it's too late. Can you imagine Mia Faye seeing all this from the spirit realm and goes, I'm not touching that. Yeah, That's Mia too- just didn't feel like it. <laughs> My, Mia's just like, I straight up cannot deal with that today. I do not like England. I am not fucking I'm sure they'll figure it out. Don't worry. I I, 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 I believe in them. And meanwhile, like people are dying in front of Maya and she's like, I still believe in them. And then Maya almost dies and goes, Mia's like, I still believe. Mia, Mia could tell that, that she was never in any danger, which is why she didn't show up. Oh, yeah. I guess Mia would see all the cranes and shit, right? Because she wasn't drinking the water. So, so she's like... <laughs> yeah, she's, can, a, she's a spirit. She's a ghost. She can't drink water. So she sees all the shades and all the fucking, like, clockwork, and she's like, why is everyone acting so fucking surprised about this? Here's what fucks me up. <laughs> she... <laughs> she's like how come nobody bumps into the clock tower this I, huge yeah, clock why tower don't people when it walk is into- the bell tower when it's covered with this big cloth how comes nobody bumps into it the entire time it fucking kills me so much ben i sat there all and those, went all those trucks and cranes and everything just sitting around i have to assume that as a part of the suggestion if you do bump into it, you just think that, like, you bumped into, like, a rock or something, right? Like, or, yeah, some kind of subconscious command to, like, avoid them. Because, like, the, like, they, like, the storyteller said it himself. We like, oh, there was an them... evil bell tower here. It's hallowed ground. Don't go there. It, and they well, just not, don't. Yeah, exactly. But, like, not only that, but, like, the storyteller says, we only gave them, like, three commands, which is, you cannot see pure black. This is your name. This is your profession. Um... Oh, no, they said that you cannot see pure black, magic exists, this is your profession. Um, and, like, the human mind would fill out the rest itself. The human mind is a strange thing. So, like, yes, I have to assume that, as a result, if someone bunches somebody who was a shade, they'd just be like, oh, must have been the wind, and then move on. <laughs> but, like, I, I, once again, like, a Skyrim character. Like, once again, like, a fucking Skyrim character. So, like, how we... I'm imagining, like, remember Amir Ponchenbag, our favorite Muppet? Mm-hmm. What if he's, like, an astrophysicist? Like, there's a possibility that, like, outside of this, he's, like, a fucking genius. He didn't show oh up God. in this case. I was very surprised. Honestly, I was yeah, really... he's in the final cutscene, but that's it. Yeah. yeah, I was expecting, like, like, I was waiting for the shot to be fired, and then they just didn't. 
They should have just made him one of the vigilantes. It would have been really fucking funny if they just, like, conscripted him. That's his new job. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, I like the vigilantes because there's ten of them, and, like, half their testimony does not fucking matter, and then the half that does is really interesting. Like, I, I think that, like, the first half of this case is, like, classic case attorney, where it's, like, there's a wild premise, but we will first ground the wild premise to establish, like, motive, alibi, stuff like that. Especially with the footprint stuff. Like, that's just, like, <laughs> classic detective shit. And I'm like, God, I feel so good that even though there's a world of magic, violence, witches, and mind control, that I'm a really good lawyer because I can tell about footprints. And I can tell about footprints. I saw that she put her whole fucking heel on the step because she was carrying something, and that's why Dark Law got caught. Like a Scooby Doo villain. <laughs> Holy uh, shit, another... Tess! <laughs> <laughs> another another bit I really uh liked was so there's a vigilante with a really long name. Uh, and... uh I I can't say it. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody, any of us can say it. It is literally, they took two ancient Mayan cities and combined them and made that his name. Uh, I think and it's a then, lady. And I then, thought it was a uh, child. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the, at the, um, wiki page for him right now and it uses, it uses he, he, him pronouns for him. Oh, I thought they, um, they used like she her towards the end of the game and i was like oh it's a girl but i didn't like say it out loud because it wasn't important um yeah, yeah so you just gotta put it in the we stand now. the trans icon there, there's there's two there's two uh like jokes basically that they do about this character and one is that you know a phoenix cannot pronounce the name maya of course pronounces the name perfectly the very first time and <laughs> phoenix goes Wow, that's funny. And the name kind of sounded Mayan to me. Hey, hey Maya Faye. It's just, it's just like a. a <laughs> that's a why Maya couldn't of... pronounce it correctly. Is because of fucking. I didn't. I just because of her name. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't read it at all because of my dyslexia. So I just went okay. And to me, that yeah. name was just like in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just stopped I'm, happening. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now and... in the trivia notes, and I still can't say it. It's gone. Yeah. I. It just sounds like TV static when I look at it, so I just button mashed my way through. This game doesn't <laughs> button mash very well through dialogue. I have got to say, it is hard to move right along. It is tough. It I was tough. slowed down significantly by, like, because you can't, like, mash B like you're fucking playing a regular-ass Nintendo game or whatever. This game specifically prevents you from mashing it, which is, like, so annoying. Kind of annoying when you're, like, going over dialogue you've already seen. Because there's a Especially... lot of, like, going back. Because, like, you have to, like, oh, you have to get some evidence by pressing a statement that happens, like, later in the testimony. Like, that happens at least, like, twice, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you have to go back through everything again. And boy, can you not speed through it. I, every other Ace Attorney game on the DS has the option to, like, hold the button on the screen to fast forward, and this one did not, and I was simply like, come now, we really fucking need it for this one. Yeah. I wanted, uh, sorry, I, the, the last thing, though, was, was with this character before we got sidetracked. Oh, uh, the, the mm-hmm. d- d- yeah. Chelchin? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, he locks, he locks the tower earlier in the case, right? And then <laughs> when, 
uh, Espello runs up the tower and locks the door behind herself. They say, she's gone and done this character's name herself, you know? It's really and it's funny, like the yeah. one callback, and it just, I don't know, it just got me. That one was, was really good. Really I think that's really where I got joke. confused about the gender about the pronouns oh, yeah, yeah. Which pronouns so but i that was like the one callback to those vigilantes where i was like okay that's that's pretty good that's actually really that that one's that really made funny. the vigilantes worth it also the hot one's name is foxy i can't forget that mm-hmm. anyway um people wearing so yeah. shirts later <laughs> with a butterfly with a footprint on the back of it yeah, whoever just yawned, that's how I felt about playing this fucking end of the game. It's so goddamn long. <laughs> no, it was real. This epilogue takes three hours. And it's yeah. like... No epilogue shit. should take three hours. That's just a just part of the chapter story. chapter 10. It's fine. Yeah. You know? no, I, the people who have been doing the recent Hobbit movies would figure out how to stretch that into three hours. I <laughs> Stretch it into three movies if they could. We can't. Yeah. We can't unpack that for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already out of control enough. So everybody apologizes to everybody. Well, I guess we didn't really talk about, like, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but, you know, Spella tries to toss herself off the roof, right? Yeah. Um, she doesn't toss herself, she falls. She, she, I guess, assumes that by doing this, somehow this would resolve something. I mean, there's, I... It would take Bazella, quote-unquote, out of the picture? I think Well, she so. realizes at this point that, like, this entire town was made for her purpose, so, like, in order to apologize... This is to... my town, it was made for me. Yeah, yeah this yeah, is my yeah. town, it was made for me, so, like... The only apo- person that can say that is this fella. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the only way that she could find, like, a way to apologize for this event would be to take her own life, but also, like, that's tough, man. Um, yeah. Also, guess, the dark wall catches her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how tall is this stupid bell tower? Its height is extremely variable. Yep. It went yeah. from being I like really short <laughs> to really tall to really short to really tall to like when they it's actually fall off of it, it's like okay, this might kill you if you landed like bad, but it's pretty good chance you'll survive. Where's like, that fucking? Where's this? The Sonic video with Knuckles that's animated so poorly and perspective is literally just ignored and it's just <laughs> so oh, bad. Oh, from Sonic Underground, yeah, yeah. I know exactly but what like you're talking that. about. The human body is surprisingly resilient as long as you don't like give yourself a head injury. You know? Yeah, it's like you might break a leg or something, Maybe you know, or an arm or whatever. Phoenix Wright um, survived being hit in the head with a car. Yeah, like, yeah. Phoenix Wright fell off that bridge, like, and he was he was in the hospital for a while, but he was good. It's a town full yeah. of people who were hit in the head with fire extinguishers. Yeah, they all signed up for it, though. No, but so yeah, yeah it, it it is hard to tell whether she's falling like two stories or five, right? You know, yeah. and it's like that's a huge difference. I was right. <laughs> I was kind of expecting there to be like invisible like safety netting or whatever. Like, right. like when when Leighton was like, "This is the last puzzle" or whatever. I was like, "It's the last puzzle." Like OSHA regulations for a film set. Like, what are we? <laughs> I <laughs> like, really that's thought... honestly legit. What I thought was going to happen is he was going to pull the OSHA manual out of like the front of the spell book or whatever. I <laughs> the final spell OSHA. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's almost like straight up kind of sad that there isn't a final puzzle where he like pulls out OSHA. Uh, I mean, that, that puzzle is really just busy work. That yeah. final one with the book symbols is just kind of like drag the symbols over top of the matching symbol. Yeah, I guess okay. it was like the like keyword for whatever to like cure everyone of their hypnosis. It's it's <laughs> like um, 
in like a latent tradition that like the side puzzles are way more difficult than the mainline puzzles because the mainline puzzles are intended to be like solved. Like you, right. you must be able to be to finish this puzzle to continue with the story. Therefore, it should be easier than the puzzle than like let's say Annie Patty gives you about bread, and that puzzle is like using fucking quantum physics or some shit like that. Yeah, um, I skipped all that. Thankfully, yeah. we never had that thing you described from the uh, other Professor Layton games, where the, they, the you like hit track? a yeah. yeah, you hit a door where it's like you must have solved X number of puzzles to open this door. Thank God they did not do that to us. That's like that's like that's like a Spyro brain trigger for me when because it's like you need to get this many eggs to go to the next world. Um. Nah, yeah, no well. thanks. I hate that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have it. That's it's the only time I think I can like remember that happening in like any game that I've played is that Spyro one. It's just Spyro in Spyro one. I don't know. Uh, it's a little yeah, nostalgic. No, I hear you. Um I think that I'm glad that, that didn't happen. This game seemed to be like really focusing on the fact that it like it had puzzle stuff in it but was really a like ace attorney game and i think that was very interesting mm-hmm. the ending's super yeah. lame as hell though i mean i think um the reason why i i you know like i said before i think i've said this i know i've said this on the streams and i think i've said this here is that um you know i i, I think that this is really important to later ace attorney games uh because some stuff that Takumi's interested in is going on in here, you know, with with the witnesses, like the multi-witness uh, system. Um, he seems really fascinated with that. And also just kind of how, like, the structure of the cases and that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that will, it, it will come into four later as we get further in the series. Uh, that, like, oh, I see what he really liked out of this game and what he decided to bring forward uh, into into later Ace Attorneys. Um, I guess after everybody waves by, you know, and, uh, the four main characters ride away with Barnum on a boat, um, you get your credits scene and the dog where it shows like where everybody is now kind of thing. And so it shows everybody like deciding to, um, not everybody, but a lot of people deciding to stay in the town and make it a new, better town that's not built on hypnosis and mind-altering substances. Yeah, And we still have hierarchies and people who are rich and people who aren't. Yeah, but there, there still is seems still... to be some... I noticed there's, no way to... there's a ahead. shot where Barnum is, like, working for Miss Patty in the bakery and is wearing an apron and shit, so I'm like, he, they just made him get a real job. Like, maybe that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I gotta ask... What did everybody think of those last couple cutscenes at the end of the credits with Phoenix in court? Well, so... <laughs> uh, the model looks great. Um, different, yeah. different... Uh, not the voice I was expecting. For context, oh, yeah, Miles we Edgeworth should tell is them. here. <laughs> Miles Edgeworth shows up at the end. Here's, here's what one, happened. One scene. So, like, Layton and Luke are, like, at home being, like, Wow, that was some wild adventure that we had with our good friends Phoenix Wright and Maya Faye. And Layton's like, that's right, my boy. But the next mystery is just around the corner. We've got more puzzles to solve. I wonder how what adventures are they're getting in, uh, in America right now. And then we, like, smash cut to Phoenix Wright getting his ass kicked in court just by Miles. Raided by Miles. <laughs> Which I guess it seems like he's fine with, but... 
Um, um, and we hear Miles speaking voice acting. Yeah, um, first time. He does sound very British. I'm like, I'm like the, the only person like here that like thought that that's what he sounded like. Like I figured he was kind of posh British accent. Uh, the no, accent honestly, was spot on. Actually, I was just so I, taken aback. <laughs> I never thought he was gonna be a posh British accent. If anything, I thought he was gonna sound like um. I don't know what I thought he sounded like. Honestly, he could have sounded come like on, Come on, do your Edgeworth for us, Tiana. <laughs> oh, fuck, come on, don't do this. <laughs> don't, don't put him I... on the spot like that. Oh. Poor guy. I, I thought he would have sounded like, um... He would have sounded like a Columbo villain. You know what I mean? Like, he would have, like, uh, a rich Californian accent that I You think a little more, uh, John Cassavetes, uh, almost, or something I don't know like who that. that is, but yeah. Columbo villains can be British. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah I we, agree. We got but a like, mix, but yeah. But, like, he definitely would have sounded like, one, he would sound old-timey because he was raised by uh, Von Karma, and Von Karma would speak in an old-timey voice. Yeah, that guy speaks uh, old-timey as hell. I just, I whatever the voice, I did not expect British. I, he's raised in fucking America. Why would I mm-hmm. expect British? Well, uh, actually, because this Von makes Karma? sense. He's raised in Germany for a while. Oh yeah, in you're right. So him having a Br- British English accent is not totally outrageous. Rose coming out here with the fucking Edgeworth facts. I'm just, you know, what if, what if he had a German accent though that he adopted because he was raised? <laughs> I in mean, ah, Phoenix, das Phoenix. My, I have a, I have a friend who is German but speaks English with a British accent. So like, we we literally yeah, have yeah. a friend who is German and speaks English with a British yeah, accent. Yeah, I'm just so saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm no. Also, it's, I apologize yes, for my it, terrible German just now. <laughs> It's like, but yes, Miles. Laugh. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a weird amalgamation of a character because of all of the like contrivances now that the yeah. localization has forced upon I him, mean, and that he's from Japanifornia, and then he studied in Germany for a while, but now he's got his kind of posh British accent. I think it's perfect. Um, so you know, um, it works out though. It's exactly how he should. And sound. he's also making like a snippy comments about like cats and he spells was flirting and with he was flirting yeah. so hard like, so like it, they had they like definitely like had drinks and phoenix told him this whole story and now he's in court and he's making fun of him in front of everybody yeah he's like i don't believe that for a second right <laughs> but i am i am gonna make fun of you in front of the judge for it what fucking got me is the fact that like so before i ever played this game I saw a GIF on Tumblr of a 3D model of Miles Edgeworth breakdancing in front of Phoenix Wright. <laughs> and I thought... I'm going to need you to find that for me and show me. Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> I can't find it right now, but... Um, there's like I thought that as a result of that GIF, I thought to myself, like, oh, Miles Edgeworth is going to show up in this game. And I really thought he was going to show up as, like, a Muppet in Labyrinthia or some shit like that. But Isn't this like the second or third time this has happened where you see like one off like off kilter gift set on like Tumblr or something of a character <laughs> and then you just assume, oh, that must be an important character in that game, but it turns out they're only there for like two seconds. I you know what? I bet uh keen eared listeners could tell me when that happened before, but I believe you, yeah. <laughs> I don't recall, but I 100% believe that this is something that could have happened to me before. I feel like this has happened before. If you say so, I'll believe you. I'm searching my mind palace, and if I recall correctly, it was uh, when you uh, saw 
stuff from uh, Apollo Justice with the black psyche locks. Oh, yeah. I actually did think that they're going to, like, fucking solve that or something. I missed those. God, that was the Uh, coolest thing ever. (laughs) It was sick. Dude, I Um, wish that Lane found out about magic. (laughs) Yeah, it would be be fun if it was, uh, if Leighton finally actually got, you know, to see Maya channel spirit. Yeah, what if we use the the Megatama on um, Leighton and Luke? We what, if, what if Lay has black theory. fucking puzzle back in soul lock? <laughs> like, wait, wait like, a second. I don't believe in magic. True. This puzzle is worth 1,000 Picarots. Oh, the Picarots. Um, fucking God. This is such a strange game. I I really liked it. I thought it was charming. Love I like the overall... soundtrack. Love the mm-hmm. soundtrack. The music, yeah, carries the game so hard. The music is really, really good in this. Yeah. I think my only, Just like... across the board. ...criticism of this game is that, like... The, the like the tail end of it really, like, kind of shoves a lot of stuff together. And also, the epilogue is just straight-up misnamed. Um, yeah. But, like, every other thing in this game was, like, great. Both from, like, the Layton perspective and the Phoenix Wright perspective. Good puzzles. Fun to do. Didn't make me want to claw my own eyes out by asking me word puzzles, like... A said B stole the cake. B said C did not do it. C said they did it, but they're a liar. Um, we only had like one of those, but like thank God it was solved with the power of hint coins. Um, good game. I liked it. Well, I thought it was fun. Let me go around here and ask then uh, one or two questions just for everybody. Uh, favorite NPC. Desi, go. Dog. Constantine? You, you liked Constantine? Constantine was really good. Cute Pomeranian. Uh, yeah, it was It was very fun to see uh, Constantine. Yeah, and some guy. <laughs> do do some really good goofy yeah. bits. And yeah. yeah. Some guy. How about you, bros? Favorite NPC? Um, I'm... The wheels are spinning. Um... Uh, I guess Jean. I think who? Who? The uh, Jean Grail. Oh, Jean. Whatever. Oh, Jean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jean I Grail. think yeah. I. None of them. I am Patty. Also, I liked Patty. None of them like super stuck out to me. Like I was so charmed by all these like delightful wacky Muppets with their designs, but for the most part. I wouldn't declare most of them like my favorite, but I thought like a lot of them were like bits yeah. as opposed to fully developed but, characters. Like, Gina's you know? probably had the most going on. I found like Espella, Dark Cloud, the storyteller, like yeah, you know, nice, but like a little convoluted. I got kind of sick of solving their right. problems after a while. Um, uh, I wish so, someone yeah. would just come solve my problems. Yeah, Professor Layton. <laughs> you can get a could Professor Layton in your life. Shit. I don't have enough money for a consultation with Professor Layton. <laughs> if you get if you get a collect enough puzzles, maybe I'll do it for free. Yep. <laughs> Tiago, how about you? Oh, uh Foxy. Foxy, okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's yep. probably it's probably a mere poncho bag. Um I Yeah, 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 yeah. I genuinely think that the archetype of like dude who keeps showing up no matter what is really funny. Like it's 
the best thing about Amir punching bag is that he's that he's not a fucking pervert. And he's right. funny. Yeah, he never does anything weird and perverted. There's no character that's weird and perverted in this game. They I don't think they could literally have that in a professor like game. They had thanks. to they had to use the characters with enough respect. Yeah. Thanks, they, Professor Layton, for causing it to not be like that. Uh, there's a so like in the Professor Layton uh, prequel trilogy, there you have a girl assistant named Emmy, Emmy, and like what happens is that guys will like look at her and be like, "Oh my god, she's so beautiful, you're so pretty," and she goes, "Yeah, whatever," and then just like shoves them to the side and moves on, and that is like the most like sexy that game has ever gone. Is simply like a guy thinks what girl character is pretty and then move on and thank god that was pretty much how it went here because holy shit uh anyway uh amir punching bag right uh mm-hmm. funny yeah. like his character a lot his design's really good he's a rascal he's just he's just a rascal like he does so many crimes that like but we can't hate him for it you know He's like Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I mean, he stole from he stole from a what an actual like a like a crime scene is that isn't that like his only like crime? And he also pawned someone's arm off. Well, he thought it was just a statue arm, but that's he yeah. did steal that. He, he did cover he it up. He probably knew that it was like, come on, buddy. No, I genuinely don't think he knew. He didn't so, know that he, he was a girl. He definitely stole it. Yeah, yeah, 100% he stole it. It was definitely a crime. Do they just no have gold statues of everybody in town just like ready to go in case that person casts I, a just spell? I guess. I mean, oh we, they're like, we oh were god, going. now there's new people. We need to make statues of them real quick. We were kind what of fucking... right about it, though, like that the actual Professor Layton just got replaced by a statue. I like to imagine that um, there's one shade whose task is simply just like make gold statue. <laughs> like. Yeah. Fuck and he's like, oh fuck a new character, god damn it. What's his what's his height? Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, the shade yeah. uh the uh character designer of the game. Whoa, 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 Ben, uh, who's your favorite NPC? Uh my favorite NPC is probably I I um I mean I don't want to just pick the same one as somebody else, but I, I I like Amir, right? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a Where's good. Where's the Constantine bit. love? I mean, he's yes, a, a like, dog. He has no like, lines as as, like, that actual, we can understand. But yeah, the the, the bits of, of Amir busting into the courtroom are some of the best bits of the game. You know who would like? A, and, you know who would like Constantine the kids because he's like a Paw Patrol. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Constantine wow! <laughs> Don't bring up propaganda in here. <laughs> propaganda. Yeah. Propaganda. Uh, but yes, uh, speaking of favorite characters, uh, Kazuya Nuri, the character designer and art director of this game, who designed also the characters, I believe, for 4 and onward, uh, their favorite uh, character they designed, they said, Darklaw. That makes sense. They, I mean, they said their Dark Law is one of their favorite characters they've ever designed. She's fine, and uh, so now I, you know, understand a little bit more about Kazuya. Nuri, more people probably. probably would have said that if she actually <laughs> was in Fire Emblem. Why? What's wrong, Rose? Don't you like a goth baddie? I like a. <laughs> I like I like a goth baddie, but I need a little more weird girl energy. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I don't think she doesn't shop at fucking Spencer's. Yeah, she needs for she you. needs like manic pixie girl I, energy. I not even necessarily like manic pixie girl, just like just weird girl. She doesn't have to be she's manic. A, she's a little too uptight. She's right? a prep just wearing goth clothes. Yeah, like you can put a prep in goth clothes. That well, does, does not make him make him a goth. Yeah, you can make him look like a goth, but like, come on. Yeah, she's just goth cop. Yeah, it like, sucks that she's a goth cop. Actually, yeah, that does suck. <laughs> like, if I, I met a hot down goth for, cop, I might get arrested. Like the cool, like sharp claw gloves. That's kind of neat, but like, also like she just got cat ears, hair. You know, like whatever. Yeah. It's okay, it's fine. She's hot. <laughs> she's just not. She's just not weird enough to be super hot. Right. Right. She needs like a weird hobby, like bug collecting or something. Yeah, I need. I need her to be stranger than she <laughs> is. Let's say that's weird. That's not weird. Bug collecting is a perfectly normal hobby. Well, it would be one more hobby <laughs> than she actually has. Plus <laughs> to start. Yep. Yep. <laughs> True. Um, Alrighty. Any last thoughts about Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright before we wrap up here? Then. Uh, I have to go like play the final Professor Layton game. Uh, I like Luke. That's my thought. Luke's nice. I oh, got there's a final Edgeworth. Professor Layton game. I thought it was. I don't know why I thought it was still ongoing. I mean, it is still ongoing. What I mean is that like the most there's one. the original trilogy and then there's the prequel trilogy. I gotta finish the prequel trilogy. I don't know why I'm saying trilogy. It's trilogy. Well, what would uh, I mean, we have gotten a new Professor Layton game announced since we started this show, yeah. which was Professor Layton and the New World of Steam, which is coming out on Ugh. Switch next year. Steampunk is do, so do y'all think and... you would play that? Hey, Des, uh, come over to my house and piss by me right now. All right, let's go. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll be uh, back. I, have fun, fellas. <laughs> I mean, it, the art for this looks quite good. It doesn't look like it's just, quote unquote, steampunk. There looks like there's more to it than that. But Luke goes to America in this one. And he's a little bit older now, and he finds a mystery in this big steam-like powered city, and then he goes back to Leighton and says, hey, come come and adventure with me in America and figure out this mystery. Uh, so hopefully we will get some more news about that soon, but this seems to be the first big like new console Leighton, so I hope that they uh, can really knock it out of the park. I'm, I'm very interested in, in I, seeing what they've got going on. I also on love the implication that, like, Luke goes to America because his dad moves to America for work. Um, so, like, Luke is like, I have to go to live in America with my dad, but will we still be friends, right, Professor Lane? Professor's like, of course, my boy. A friendship forged over puzzles is a friendship forever. And, like, he goes to, like, steampunk America. So, like, let's think about it, right? Like, he's, he's in England. He's taking a boat to America, which means he's going to land on the East Coast. Is this the same America that fucking Phoenix Wright lives in? Does that mean on the east Japan coast of Phoenix Wright? Yeah, Japan Fornia, West Coast, it's modern time. East Coast, <laughs> east coast it's all steampunk. Boston yeah. is a steampunk city. Come to Boston. Come <laughs> <laughs> like, to Boston. We got dialogue. children's hospitals, Dunkin' Donuts, and apparently steampunk. Yeah. L- uh, Luke is fucking riding around on the same shit that Terra does in Final Fantasy 16, like 6. Like, <laughs> he's, he's riding yeah, around yeah. in Magitech armor. Put that boy on dirigible. Put that boy on dirigible. Yep. The other big piece of news uh, that happened uh, just after we recorded our last podcast uh, is also that 
Capcom has finally announced, if you're listening to this, like, right as it comes out, basically. If you're listening to this way after the fact, don't worry about it. By now, this is already out. Hope uh, you're having a good Apollo time. Ju- yeah, Apollo Justice Ace Attorney Trilogy. Uh, they finally announced the other uh, games are being packaged up and released altogether. So that would be Apollo Justice and then uh, Ace Attorney 5 and 6. I can't believe Apollo Justice didn't even get like his own game and now they're giving him a trilogy which is full of games that aren't his except for the one that is his that isn't actually his. Damn, I mean again, we'll 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 avoid getting into too many details cuz I know some folks Tiago and I had to not watch the stream because there were some yeah. spoilers in it. Yeah. I got so, up and but, got um, a, a drink. Yeah, we both ran out but, of the room. Suffice to say, these are the next three games in the series. They're going to be released in early 2024. Unfortunately, we are going to get to those games before that ever comes out. So we are still going to be playing the 3DS versions of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to dive into those uh, very soon. We're doing but, a side quest. Yes, exactly. Before we get to those... We are doing a side quest. During the production of Professor Layton versus uh, Ace Attorney, Chutsukumi was busy on another game. Uh, and some of you may have heard of that game. It is called Ghost Trick. This was a 2010 puzzle mystery game that was released on the DS. So we're, we're going to play Ghost Trick next. Uh, this is also getting a remaster that is coming out. And if you are listening to this episode again on the day it comes out, uh, that remaster just came out about three days ago. So I would highly recommend checking out this uh, very good game. And uh, we're going to be we're going to be playing that uh, next ourselves, because, again, this is a shoot directed and fully written game. And I think it is, again, very important to consider as part of the full like oeuvre of his work and ace attorney so uh that is why we're going to tackle that as well it's also not a very long game it's only about 12 hours total thank god Um, so it will be we'll we'll still be breaking it up into about four chunks roughly uh but um that'll that'll be our little interlude before we make our way into ace attorney five after that so you can follow the show on twitter at ace attorney pod co-host slash ace attorney or our website updatedautopsy.report to stay up to date on everything we do you can also watch all of our let's plays of desi and i playing through the game at uh, youtube.com except for that one time yep yep except for the one time you weren't there (laughs) uh you can find those excuse me on youtube.com slash at yotsuben you can follow me on all social medias at Yotsuben, I'm on everything, including Blue Sky now. Desi, where can people find you? Uh, unfortunately, only on Twitter. At yes, this is Des. And Tiago? Uh, you can find me at Tiago Astutra on various social media. And Rose? Uh, you can find me at Rose Nonsense on Tumblr and sometimes co-host. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you will rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Like I said, next episode, we'll be taking a slight detour and playing Ghost Trick, the new remaster that just came out of the 2010 puzzle mystery game. For this first segment of Ghost Trick, we will be playing through chapters one through four.
See you next time. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Here we go. Oh, I'm so glad I got to see Miles. Yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs>